Ninjas vs. Monsters, starring Alexia, written and directed by Justin, is now available to buy at ninjasvs.com. That's ninjasvs.com. Or you can rent it on iTunes or Xbox or Comcast, wherever you do that stuff. So go to ninjasvs.com or rent it, buy it, check it out right now. Just check it out. It's even got on the DVD at ninjasvs.com a commentary that's basically a Trek off show with me and Alexia just talking over the film. So go to ninjasvs.com. You really want to see this one. Ninjas vs. Monsters at ninjasvs.com or rent it on Xbox, iTunes, or Comcast. Okay, enjoy the show. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D's. Welcome into Trek Off. My name is Justin. <laughs> My name is Alexia. And today... We are using silly are, accents, are, apparently. We are inexplicably Austrian. <laughs> it makes no sense at all why we are Austrian, but we are Austrian today and you will listen. <laughs> I don't think I can maintain that. Now we are that. German because we yell at you. <laughs> no, I'm not good enough with that accent. With something no, else, no. I could probably maintain it. <laughs> Germans. Hi, Germans. I know there are probably a couple of German people out there going, what the fuck, man? Really? Like, the, like they probably listened for like a few episodes and they're like into the show. And now we've just insulted like the German like population. Why would you do that? And they're like, they're like, man, fucking dicks. <laughs> like, really? Fuck you guys. Fuck you and everything you stand for. Fuck you for. guys. <laughs> We're going to go back and have some more bratwurst. Oh, cliches. Is that is that an offensive thing to say that Germans like bratwurst? I don't know. I don't even know if they like bratwurst. Like, they do. <laughs> they do. They like knockwurst. Nobody likes knockwurst except for Germans. Is that a thing? For, like you didn't just make that up. Whatever you just said there. Knockwurst? No. There's totally there's bratwurst and there's knockwurst. There's all these different words. There's liverwurst. There's like 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 if it's a word. Well, worst. I, I think probably um like worst like. It probably means something along like the lines of sausage or something. Okay. I assume I have no evidence to back to back this up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking for something before we do anything else. I'm doing a little Gmail search because I want to make sure that we uh, yes! call out this dude. Yes. Because last that. few episodes do we that. didn't call him out, and and but like it's been so long that we've been bad and not called him out. So this is a terrible show. First of all, hi everybody, welcome to Trek Off. <laughs> <laughs> let's first of all let's say hi, hi to everybody. Everybody, hi. hi everybody. Oh, we've got great stuff to talk about today. We have so much fun to stop talk about uh, today. Um, we do. But first, <laughs> but first, um, I'm looking for an email for. So we got a we had a fan who contacted us and was like, "Hey guys, this is so awesome. You should see. Like, I'm listening to your show and I'm all the way back in like." like 2012 and now i can't find the fucking email from this guy man talk for a second please partner <laughs> talk for five minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> wow that's that's going back right we haven't done that in that's a while you know what there. this actually might not be a bad time for, to observe a moment of silence for daniel ross because we're supposed to be doing that too like oh wow have you been listening to the old shows no i just I didn't have think a good you were memory. a fan 
fuck you. I would like to submit <laughs> fuck you and everything you stand I didn't, for. <laughs> I, I didn't think that you were like all that into it. Um, oh, here we go. Christopher Lawrence. Hi, Christopher, Christopher Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> so there's, I just want to read this. Uh, Christopher Lawrence uh, from the UK wrote uh, just a short message to say I've just found your podcast and I'm loving every minute. Your no holes barred approach and general relaxed chat style, chat style, chat style. I wear a chat style belt. Yeah, chat you do. style is great. I've started from show one and as of 2nd August 2015, I'm on the show titled Open Hailing Frequencies from April 2012. I know at the time you were asking for feedback, so I'll be amazed if in 2016 I hear this read out after being forwarded on from Mr. A. Look forward to he- hearing your take on Into Darkness. Wow. And listening live more in time when you review Star Trek Beyond. Keep up the shows. Your general relaxed attitude and friendship is a winning formula. Um, live long and prosper. Chris Lawrence in the UK. Um, Wasn't that nice? It's so weird that this guy is now, he's probably on to like 2013 now. And I get this guy, right? Because I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I mean, I really do. Like here, I'm going to I'm gonna include you guys here. You want to peek into the, into the world of Justin? Here are... Uh-oh. The podcasts <laughs> that I listen to. These are all the podcasts in my feed, and I truly listen to all of them. Dusted, a Buffy podcast, which is a podcast that goes episode by episode through Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and is this really in-depth podcast by these two like story people who like are like like college professors about story writing. Um, I listen to the Late Show podcast with Stephen Colbert, Fat Man on Batman with Kevin Smith, Upper Pylon Two, which is sort of the DS Nine continuation of the Delta Quadrant. Um, Jay and Silent Bob get old. Um, I have a Bible podcast that I listen to because I do listen to Bible stuff. Um, uh, For- Force Cast Rebels Roundtable podcast. The Force Cast Clone Wars Roundtable, which is old, but it's really old. I finished that. Uh, the Force Cast, Smodcast, Hollywood Babylon, Now Playing Podcast, Nerdist, JR Watches Star Trek for the First Time, and Trek Off. Those are all the podcasts in my feed. Damn, dude. That is a lot of podcasts. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's so I understand the way I get into these is like like I listen to I find one like when I found the Delta Quadrant it was already like three years in so like I would just binge listen like I would just listen like have them on constantly all day long when I'm doing shit like if I'm driving around so like that's how I got into the dusted podcast I listen to like three four hours at a time I'm not like sitting there like taking notes. You know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, I'm going to You're listen. You're not ready for every- the test. I- You're going to be fucked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fucking fail, dude. You got to take notes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know where that Buffy that Buffy episode ranked on your episode of all the Buffy episodes. Was it number four? Or is it number five? I don't know. Story Wonk. Tell me. Um, so uh, so I get it. This guy is like binge listening to us. That's awesome. Out there. Um. And and he's back in like 2012. He's back in time. That's so crazy, it's right? Weird. And we're talking to him in the, in future, the future right now. <laughs> in the future. What's going on in the future? Am I dead? Um, I don't think so. What if I was? Wouldn't that be really weird? He'd get to this podcast and he'd be like, "Holy shit, dude! What the fuck is wrong with you? Why do you do that? You take it to a horrible. Don't dark pick on place. me, man. I'm dead. Be nice. Dude, what the fuck? Have some respect for the dead. <laughs> Seriously, everybody's gonna think now that I'm having a podcast with some fucking ghost. They'd be like, "What? Why wouldn't you tell us that Justin died?" I'm the nerdiest ghost ever. (laughs) I love how your version of a ghost somehow is because that's what all ghosts do. Everybody knows it. The great thing is, is after I'm dead and I'm haunting you, I'm like going, "Woo!" And you're like, "Justin, stop!" And then I go like to totally regular me voice, and I'm like, "What?" 
Like what? Stop That's what ghosts do. <laughs> Justin, cut it the fuck out. Seriously. Listen, man. This is what I and I still say man inexplicably, like I'm trapped in nineteen eighty. Listen, Dude, man. I love it nineteen eighty, whatever. So I'm happy to be trapped. No, there, you know I do. So yeah, I do too. Um, we have so much to talk about. This is gonna be a big show. Um I don't even know where to fucking start. Uh, yeah, How was I your don't know week? either. I know that you you texted me the other day. Um, yeah, let's start here. Let's let's uh, don't bury the bury the lead. Put it right out there. What? Oh, that you that you were watching like that the new HD remasters of uh, TNG were now what's up on. Yeah, on so I got there. I got the remasters of the original series, and I never once opened them. Oh, I did because I don't watch DVDs or Blu-rays really anymore. Like I don't. The only time I ever watch them is when I pop in old ones. And the fact is, is that. The fact that the like like I, I could watch Star Trek the original series which I don't do all that often anyway but when I do I could watch it on Netflix and it wasn't too too much longer after that that they put the remasters on Netflix. Well, see that's what but I like. I released- got it. I got it like right when it, that shit came out. So like it wasn't on Netflix yet, and so like you know me obviously I love T- you know TOS is the best. So like as soon as I got it I fucking ripped that bad boy up and was like amazed. I've gotten so fucking lazy that I'm like, I gotta put something in there and push a button, (laughs) man. Like when we were growing up, we had to like wait till five and like watch Sanford and Son or whatever it was that came on beforehand. I used to, when I was in high school, I had to like use my VCR to tape my my soaps while I was at school. Oh yeah, no, I I had DS9 on tape, and you could fit six on the EP uh, EP tapes. So I had like like just shelves and shelves and shelves. Oh, I of still DS9. have like shelves, like so. I, well, they're not shelves; they're boxes and boxes and boxes of the because like I learned at some point, right? Like that you could fit three two-hour movies on one VHS tape. It's like magic, right? So like that's impossible. Wait, you mean you can just you can have three movies whenever you want to watch them, just right there? Right. So I was like, man. So I have that's like, like having a movie theater in your house. I know, right? So I have like all of these like fucking VHS tapes that are just like with three movies on them, like tons and tons and tons of them. And like I still have them. They're like in our storage. Like uh, not, we don't have like a storage unit, but they're like in like tubs and like stored, <laughs> like you know, because when I'm gonna watch them later, I need to have them. Yeah, I know. I, I still can't get like let make make myself get rid of like and as a part of me is like maybe I'll capture them because it's not like they don't take up that much space to capture. I'm like I'm going to capture TV shows that I can watch in better quality on Netflix, but I want to capture them in my computer. Well, because you never because know though, man. Them. Like the shit could go away on Netflix. That's the thing. Like Netflix could end. What am I gonna What am I gonna watch when the EMP hits? Nothing. You're gonna be man. fucked. But I'll be okay because I'll have VHS tape. The EMP would erase your tapes. No, it wouldn't. That would be the largest tragedy of all. Why would it erase my tapes? That doesn't make any sense. Because they're electromagnetic. They're magnetic tapes. That's the, like the first thing that would happen is your tapes. But aren't would be they erased. at all shielded because the their packaging? Yes, that 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 very strong plastic. Yes, yes it shields job them. <laughs> man, man, do you not remember? Do you not remember like when you put in an old tape? And the tracking would get fucked up on your VCR <laughs> to the point where you would have to fast forward <laughs> while the tape is playing all the way to the end of the tape to sort of undo the bad tracking. 
that had happened. You couldn't just hit the tracking button. You had to like fast forward while play was going all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah, I love that. VCRs are great. I was really good. Like I like I was the electronics whisperer. So I could like get shit to work that like wasn't going to work for other people. Like it's a, it's a, it's a dying art. It involves touching in just the right place. I guess one of the reasons I really enjoyed, like when Next Gen came out on Netflix, especially, I had all the DVDs, but I, like I said, I can't be bothered to pop them in. There's always something new to watch. Um, but for the impulse watch, you know, Next Gen is really cool to to have there. But I realized I had like 20 episodes of Next Gen on on VHS that I watched over and over and over again. And there's like 177 total episodes of Next Gen to watch. And I didn't watch any of those. So some of those episodes of Next Gen, like 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 the fucking one where where Alexander comes back as an old man, like I realized that I had seen that like once at one point. I was like, holy shit. I like I maybe have never seen this episode before. Because it just wasn't in <laughs> wasn't in my wheelhouse. Cause but if it were the same like seven episodes, which some of them were shitty, some of it was the the I don't understand what you're saying. One circle watches. Uh, Hello One Moon Circles! I don't understand. Yes. That was like one of the ones I had. Although speaking of Troy, like so because you yes. told me that it looks beautiful. Um, yeah, well, let's go back. And, let's, let's go back because and I, I was so, so impressed so, by how beautiful um, the original series was. Like, I mean, it really looks like they they shot it today. Like, there's things yeah. that like about it that date it, but they have nothing to do with the quality. Um, and like, I really sure. loved how, at least with the the Blu-rays, you could like on the fly switch between the original effects and the updated effects. But what I oh, really cool. liked was that the updated effects didn't like still were in line with the way that it felt like it was stylistically correct. They just made it prettier. Right. I was like, that's what you do. Like you don't fucking change it. Like you make it the best it could be, but you stay in line with what it was. And I really appreciated that they did that. And I like before everybody gets lost about what we're talking about. Um, but they, I feel like they did that for next gen as well. Like that, I don't think those are the same effects. Well, I, like they have, they are. They are. I, I will. I will tell. I will tell you about those because I. I. I, I did a little research as to what's as to what happened. I, I was just noticing, like what? when the first scene comes up, like the first shot of the ship, the textures on the ship are amazing. Like and that right, shit so, was so not hear, there. Hear it was though. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Um. First of all, what we're talking about is that the Blu-ray Star Trek The Next Generation HD version of the show has just been released on Netflix. So if you've been watching Next Gen on Netflix all this time, you've been watching the DVD quality, which is barely better than broadcast quality um, of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, the colors are muted. Um, it's almost a little fuzzy. It looks like old TV because what is it? It is old TV. DS9 looks a little better because it was made a little later. But there are episodes of Next Gen, especially in the first couple seasons, that looked like just looked like almost like watching a VHS tape sometimes. Um, uh, so what they did is a few years ago they went they went back and they they made these HD things and we're going to talk about what they did. But um, I read and then I discovered and then I watched that they have just dumped it all on Netflix. So all of the blue all of Next Gen is now the the HD remastered version. Now what did they do? Here's the difference between Next Gen and the original series. The original series was not shot in a time where you could do video compositing. What they had to do on the original series. 
what they had to do was uh was they had to um shoot it on film edit it on film and do the optical effects on film um and then they they broadcast it and made video recordings of that and those video recordings the old ones we had forever that weren't as good and then what they did they came in really cool boxes original, for the record which because i have those what, as well what they obviously. what they did what well what they did with with uh the original series even beyond uh anything with the special effects that they did um it was really easy to get hd quality out of that because it was cut and put together on film which could which is better than hd film is better than hd uh, film is is like you could take film and theoretically blow it up as large as you wanted on the side of a building like there there aren't any pixels in film uh-huh. um so converting film to hd is super easy that's why you can take all these old movies and immediately just dump them onto hd you just do an hd transfer from the film um so doing that for for the original series was super easy because everything was done on film they amped it up a little because the effects were dated and some of the effects didn't look that good in the in the original series and they wanted it to be in line with all of the like next gen era effects so what they did is they took the spirit of the effect but then they made it a modern version of the effect so so the planet looks like a planet now the enterprise going by is more dramatic it it fits more in line with everything else we see of star trek yeah but like not so much so, so that it's jarring that it feels like it doesn't fit no, because with what the they did is they either. went shot by they went shot by shot and took the spirit of each effect um uh, and like there were uh, subtle things they did sometimes like i know there's one like Sometimes when like it was like we feel like they would have liked to have had a beam coming out of this device. Like there's one time when I think uh, Scotty is like cutting open a panel and like in the in the actual footage, like they didn't there was no beam coming out of his device. It was just like you saw it cutting, but like you saw nothing between the instrument and the panel. And like they just kind of put a beam, but like put a beam in that like fits with the kind of beam effects that they had for phasers and other stuff. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, because they, yeah, they, they, they absolutely could have, they absolutely could. We have, the yeah, spirit. they could have made it look like you know Star Trek now, right? Like two thousand nine, yeah. and that shit looks cool. Don't get me wrong, but like it's wrong. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that to me would have been like changing it. Which so here's the cool. here's the difference with Star Trek: The Next Generation. They shot Star Trek: The Next Generation on film. Then they dumped. They never imagined the TV would ever get any better quality than 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 dvd quality i mean dvd quality if anyone remembers when dvds first came out everybody was impressed by how clear that was because it was like twice as clear as what was on tv they never imagined we'd get clearer than that and they never imagined that people would be rewatching. it was just a tv show so they uh so they shot it on all shot it all on film then they dumped all the film into um into s video which is better than regular video but it, they dumped it all onto high quality video they edited the high quality video and then they they edited the high quality video and then the optical effects were all done um um on video the way they did, did effects for tv so they just layered things in video and so everything um uh, they shot everything on film but everything was put together on video um and what that meant was unlike the original series they didn't just have to capture recapture the finished product they had to go in and they had to take shot by shot by shot of every episode of star trek the next generation and re-edit every show wow so they captured it all in 4k from what i understand 
um, which is the next step up beyond HD. Right. Um, they captured everything in they captured everything in 4K, and they edited it in 4K. Um, maybe it was just in 1080, but whatever. They in HD they captured everything in HD and they edited it again in HD. Um, and all the effects are recomposited. So what you're seeing is you're seeing the exact same effect exactly as it was done before. So the shots that they, the way they did the shots uh, in um, Next Gen, a lot of them were, op- yes, there were some CG shots, but a lot of them were optical shots. So when you see the ship flying by, it's a model of a ship and that's composited on top of a model of a planet that's spinning, that's composited on top of a shot of space that, you know what I mean? When the ship flies by, here's how they make a ship fly by. The ship is holding still and a camera zooms up past the ship to make it look like the ship flies by. Interesting. That's how they do the ship's life. Okay. Um, so the footage is all shot on film of all those different components. But now we have really good computers that can really, really composite that shit really, really well with no loss of quality. So that's why so, it looks that much crisper. So what clear, you're like seeing is you're seeing... Better. But what they did is they took the video composited effects and then took the components that they used to make those effects mm-hmm. and they put those components exactly where they originally were and did things exactly the same way they did them before, but composited high definition film transfers. Uh, they composited high definition film traf- transfers in, um, in a computer that can handle it without any loss of resolution. So what you have is the exact same shot with the exact same components, the precisely the same effect put together perfectly now. Gotcha. And cause I mean, it looks so, glorious. Like, I mean, I, the way the light, like hit off the textures on the ship. Like when the ship, like the very first fucking shot, I was like, damn. That oh looks yeah. Good. And the shots, you know now, what I mean? Now, like I will say this. I remember it looking HD, pretty good back in the day, but like that looks fucking phenomenal. Although. So, so here's where I do have to rain on the parade just a little bit. And then I would talk about some really good stuff too, but I will say um, straight out front that you can tell that the show was never designed to be shown. In HD. Oh. Because <laughs> the 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 makeup is a little thick on on people sometimes. And in HD, suddenly I'm noticing what I never noticed before. Those sets are really bare sometimes. Like those sets are really like like they're just kind of like it's carpet and wall. That's all that's in the set. That's like they like they there's not a lot there's not a lot not a lot of there there. There's just like the shots aren't filled with stuff. And at the time you never would have noticed because like it just wasn't clear enough to tell, but now you can really tell. Yeah. Now you can fucking see every little. I'll give you the best example I watch. And I want to talk about this episode in in particular today because (laughs) more or less I watched, uh, you know, the episode brothers with data and Laura and uh, Nunyan Sung. Yes. Yeah. So I watched that today. Okay. And what I noticed is, and I've never noticed it before. Noonien Soong is wearing a fucking rubber mask and rubber gloves. Really? Yeah. So I haven't it's watched. Brent's- I have like I basically went when you told me how great it looked. I was like, it's time for a next gen rewatch. So I started with Encounter oh, okay. at Farpoint. I started right at the beginning, and I noticed several things. Um, watch like not that that made it look like it didn't. I mean, it was super super crisp. But yes, I could tell like it was what's the word I'm looking for? Like that, it, that like, yeah, it looks like, like a set. Never... It looks like a set. 
It never felt like a set before, and in HD, it looks like a it set. It kind of does, There's something yeah. very theatrical, like a play, almost. The bridge is so big, and it's clearly a square <laughs> that they built stuff up Sure, on. but, like, what I what I really noticed, like, um, upon rewatching though, is, like, I think I had, a, like, this is probably the most critically I've ever watched at Counter and Farpoint, I think. And... Like, we joke a lot about poor, you know, Deanna and how she's, like, pretty much useless, right? She just, like, states the fucking obvious. But in this particular episode, that is not true. No, and she's so happy when she sees Bill. this particular episode, she she, is actually super useful. When she sees Bill Riker, she's so excited. What? She calls him Bill. She doesn't call him Will. She calls him Bill. She does not. I just watched it. She 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 absolutely calls him Bill. She said Will. She calls him Bill. She doesn't no, it's know. Bill. She said Will. It's Bill. It's absolutely Bill. <laughs> I did notice the whole, <laughs> like, they say the Amzadi thing right away, and there's, like, this whole, like, there's, so there's things that I noticed, like, that they seem to have just sort of, like, thrown away later, like, her being able to talk to him in his mind. I know. Like, that just went bye-bye. Like, I don't know. Well, didn't we have a whole, didn't we have a whole bit that we talked about once with, like, what it would be like if she could read his mind everywhere he went. I don't remember. <laughs> He's just like, I want to, I want to fuck that chick. I want to fuck that chick over there. I want to fuck that chick. I want to have a three-way with her. that chick. Um, I, I, I just, I think, don't even know if that's a guy or a girl. That's, that's, I can't tell. That was the other thing. It. That was oh, the other fine. thing I totally noticed, and I, and I feel like I, I really dug it. Like, so the little shorty skirt esque like form of the uniform. There are totally dudes walking around mm-hmm. in that, in that episode. I don't know. You know what? I think that's. I think the dudes are an apology. I really do. I think they wanted to put the chicks in the short one, and they were kind of going, ah, but see, dudes wear this in this shot that you will never see again. But I think yeah, I mean, they were in the background. Going, like it wasn't ever like you had some conversation with the dude in the skirt. But like, but they were they were there. Like I remember, I pointed it out, uh, and Mister A was like, no, I was like, that was a fucking dude. I was, I'm telling you that was he's, yeah, he's oh, like yeah. rewind it I was like okay he was like holy shit you're right I was like I but know. I felt like the dude was an apology though I felt like the dude was kind of like like we're showing this one dude it's like it's like when someone says no offense but before they say something uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like they say no offense but and that means they can say anything horrible that they want it's that it's that way with putting the dudes in the skirt you see the dude in the skirt and go see everyone wears these skirts so it's fine right never gonna show you a dude in a skirt ever again you will notice though by the second episode like they're done with that like they're like nope that shit didn't work out like deanna's in her not wearing the skirt anymore is she is yeah, she's in her like. Is she already out of, out of the miniskirt in the yeah, second episode? In the like, I guess. I mean, it depends on if you count in Encounter at Farpoint as one episode or two. No, it's one. I count it as one. So, but then, yeah, the very next episode, she's in her. She's got her hair up in the thing, and then she's in the like the purple like jumpsuit thing. Like, interestingly, the guy, the guy uh, Zorn, who's in charge of Farpoint. Um, he has met and spoken to a few times with uh, our good friend Daniel Ross um, out there, oh, nice. and is and is the father of indie film darling Ashley Bell, who is in Sparks, who is the main female lead in Sparks. Really, that's her pops. Um, 
Yeah, Michael Bell. Absolutely. That's and he so does cool. a bunch of Yeah, he's totally a voiceover guy. He, like he does a ton of voiceover stuff. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Cuz I mean, he's like in that episode like he's he's a squirrely one. Like he's obviously oh, yeah. like hiding some shit and we're and you know, they're not having any of it. Like and I know like there's it's it's a really good episode. Like I gotta say, like as as first episodes go, like I I there were some things that sort of floored me. Like I was like, damn, I didn't rem- I didn't re- like really remember that they did this the very f- like they do a fucking saucer step the fucking first episode. Like whoa, and you know what the thing is is that is that I always dismiss the episode because it looked like shit. I always felt like like Encounter of Farpoint was kind of like look they were tried their best but it wasn't that good. Um, but I will say that watching it in HD, the effects are pretty great actually it just it wasn't that the effects were bad or even dated it was just they couldn't make them look as good as they wanted and as sharp as they wanted because there was no, no tvs that could play that sharp um but the effects are decent actually the little um the the little wavy line thing that q made i've always felt like that looks shitty um in hd where you see this kind of like two different wavy lines like floating back and forth in front of each other it's pretty badass actually yeah. It's pretty kind of a, I, I, it's very retro, but it's very cool, kind of a cool effect that I never noticed before. I did notice and that, that really his, his makeup, at least whatever, like when he shows up, and he's like, Dawson, he's like, turn back thee, and he's like, he's all Shakespearean, like, it, yeah, it's really thick, and it's really dark, and it's like. Well, here's the thing, can anybody tell me if I'm right on uh, this, because I, I pointed this out to you, um, when they get to Q's court, um, there's a, there's a little person ringing a bell and there's somebody, a, an Asian guy standing behind him ringing, like reading charges. Finish him! Um, and, you know, <laughs> go, going like, uh, um, I think that's Shang Tsung. It is. I absolutely. It think, absolutely is, it, is you, Shang Tsung. It's did you totally IMDB him. it? Did I you didn't IMDB, IMDB it. I, I just I watched it and I was like, that's fucking him. That's him. That's fucking Shang Tsung. That's, that's him. Is right like, there. I keep waiting for him to go, Star Trek. finish him. But he didn't finish do it. Finish him. <laughs> they do, there's, a, there's an opportunity here. There's opportunities in that court to say, fit it. like right? when, the, when the guy's down, he starts sniffing the coke, right? starts sniffing the cocaine. He go, you're going to shoot me now, right? Just go, finish him. They could have. Yes. Totally. Like it was, it was ripe for She rips it. out a spy and like inexplicably <laughs> on the first episode of Star Trek, the next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, so, I got to say too, like I, really, I, mom, this is really violent. So there were like little actor things that I noticed that, uh, and I, I don't know if this is because it was more because it's crisper and so it reads better and you get to see all of the nuance. But like, I mean, I gotta say, everybody really committed. Like, and it, I feel like that's oh, yeah. that's no, huge absolutely. because, like, you know, you've got these cl- a lot of them classically trained and like, okay, you we're doing what now? Like, and. Gosh, Peace Dude, he's, he's all over it. Like, he just commits straight up. No, Peace Dude's crazy. I mean, like, by the way, Peace Dude, or Pat Stu, as I like to call him, um, in a rap song. He doesn't song like it when you call him that, that though. There, there's, a, there's a rap song. I made a rap song. We'll talk about it. Well, maybe not this episode, maybe next maybe, episode. But we'll talk, later. we'll talk, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it. Um, but, uh, but first of all, yeah, he is so infinitely above everyone else, though, like in terms of what he's doing. Like he is just, I don't know. I got to say, I mean, honestly, like there was, um, what was it? It was, there was a moment, uh, with Brent Spiner, um, when he's asking, like, I'm, I'm noticing, right. Like, I'm like, it's amazing the amount of things that he communicates, um, like in a fucking head tilt, 
Like, because he's basically the, you know. Yeah, but the, you know, the captain I, have a has real, been like, I, have a real... I want you to do, I want you to reconnect with the ship manually. He's like, okay. So he goes out real, there to do you know, it or whatever. And, and like, Data poses the question and he's like, without any automation. He's like, yeah, as ordered. And like, he just says this little head tilt, like, okay, dude. Like it's crazy to me, but because there's so yeah, I, much I, in you it. Know, but here's the thing, and it's it's not Brent Spiner's performance that's the problem. It's not. But I will say I have a real problem with season one data. Really? Um, because it's it's not the data I love. It's not. Oh, I disagree. Like, he's, I love him. The voice is different. The voice is hello. It's it's like sort of more of his low voice. He hasn't quite gotten the innocent thing all the way down yet. He's he's more sure of himself it's it's a lot like the first few episodes of of spock um where spock is like inexplicably yelling like if you watch spock in the pilot he's yelling things to the captain like this he's like he hasn't quite figured out nimoy has not quite figured out the nuance of spock and i think by season two data and it's great i don't know i mean i think when he's when he's out in the like when he i guess what he and, and Riker are first talking about um like, uh, does it bother you that I'm a machine? Like, and he's like, oh, prejudice is very human. And then he's like, well, that does bother me. And you think that you're superior? He's like, well, I am in many ways. Like, he's it's absolutely data. Yeah, but you know what? Him. You know what? He, you know, what data is not that he is later vulnerable. Data becomes so vulnerable later. Like, even by so. I guess, um, yeah, I guess maybe he's okay. a little bit more wistful than vulnerable because he does, but he's, I mean, I feel like there's that energy there because he's like, but I would give it all up to be human. Like, and I believe him when he says it, it's, I, it's, you know, and it's just, I think that as an actor, I think that he probably hit a wall in the way he was portraying data. And I, you know, he's a pro. He probably went home and was like, you know, I feel like I can make this better. And if it means that I have to, you know, when are you, when you're making TV and you're in season one, you can undercut your initial choices and go, okay, I found a better way for the long haul. You don't have to stay with. You don't have to stay with and commit to that initial choice. And it's interesting because I said I was listening to this this uh, Dusted podcast and they talk a lot about Buffy. I'm going to jump over to Buffy real quick. And they talk a lot about um, realizing that z- how awful Xander is. That Xander on Buffy is awful in the first two seasons. Really? That he is miso- he's misogynistic. He is um, constantly like going through gay panic. So like... Like, I'm not gay, man, though. No, in a hetero way, man. You know, no, I'm not gay. Don't think I'm gay. Like, like he's doing that. He's talking about if he were invisible, like how he'd want to go into, like, the girls' locker rooms and stuff. He's, uh, oh, that's a teenage boy, though. But, yeah, and they try to explain a lot of it like, away with him being... a teenage boy wouldn't say that? Sure, but they try and explain a lot of it away with him being a teenage boy. But here's the thing. Late Xander also has foibles. He does horrible things in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He does. I mean, he I don't want to spoil anything, but Xander does something nearly unforgivable in the sixth season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, to another character that he cares very, very much about. Um, Despite that being true in the first two seasons, he's so casual about it. He's not that that Xander, that that good guy that Xander becomes even more. So Buffy's mom, Joyce, um, is about the worst parent in history and in, <laughs> in the history and, of and well here's the thing that they call they call out on the show because they go into the show like in you hear when joyce first appears like oh joyce we're so happy to see you and then as the show progresses they're like what's wrong with you this isn't the joyce that we love 
and they go episode by episode. What's wrong with Joyce? What happened to her? She's not, and they realize it's early Joyce is when when Buffy first sleeps with Angel and Angel turns evil and Buffy's mom finds out that her daughter slept with someone and that person became evil and that evil person is stalking people. She doesn't even understand that that person's also killing people. Um, uh, she's like, really, Buffy, I'm just disappointed in you. And not like, are you OK? <laughs> like and that's and later on. They find Joyce. And I think when you're making a TV show, you got to you. You have to give yourself the freedom in the first season to find your character. And I think that data, by the time you reach the second season, he's much more vulnerable and he's a different he's a different data than the one you meet at the beginning of the of. I guess of he doesn't show. occur to me so, as a very different data. It He occurs to me as like maybe this is just me, but like it occurs to me as like getting to know him better. Right. Like when you first meet somebody, you have sort of a first, you know, general impression of them. Right. And like sometimes as you get to know them better, um, that just sort of becomes a deeper understanding and it's still sort of in the same milieu. But then like sometimes like you start to realize like um, like there's some people that I've met that like kind of when you first meet them, they come off as you know, sort of a certain way, like maybe misogynistic or, you know, kind of arrogant and, and stuff like that. But then like the more you get to know I like them, to rape puppies. What do you mean? So, what? But then the more that Why you get you to say that, the more that you, what I mean is that I'm a pacifist. Stop it. But the more that you get to know them, like you realize like they have a soft gooey underbelly or something. You know what I mean? Like that's very human. And I, I that's how he occurs to me like that's how data i guess my always thing occurred is that to me I was like, like he seems like he's... i feel like brent spiner is just meeting data and that he's getting to know him if you like there Maybe, is I guess. There, there is there is a stark stark contrast between if you were to just watch data in the seventh season of next gen and then jump back to encounter at farpoint it would be startling how different he behaves um, I don't know. Maybe I should start. Maybe I so, should start. Maybe I should like jump forward and just like pick a random episode. No, don't enjoy your rewatch, man. Um, do, do that later. You got time. It just got seems time. like enjoy, I, I, mean, I if, definitely notice that there are certain things like that. They they manage to establish a lot in this one two part episode, and um, and I feel like it's so interesting because like the first time you see a holodeck, like it's sort of this drawn out thing and like Mr. A is like, Oh, this is the first time we've seen a holodeck. Right. I'm like, yes. Like there's this, like, it's, it's sort of like, I guess when you watch like Star Trek, the first movie, the motion picture, like it's like that, like there are these little moments like that in the first episode. I feel like that are as reverent, right? Because it's like, look at the ship. It's out. You know what I mean? It's like, this is like, look at the ship. Now we can, separate the saucer from the rest of the ship and have like a battle bridge we have holidays which is cool and by the way look at chief you know? o'brien being there i right know there like the he's a, he's up in like and that's the thing too like everybody's in like red uniforms like jordy's yeah. in red fucking wharf is in red Worf is in red and and you just said fucking he's in red yeah like they're chief o'brien yes, chief o'brien like they're all in red like and i don't know I'm I'm sort of watching now to see when the shift is going to occur because that should be an interesting thing to see. Season two, season is it two. season two? All that all that changes in season two. Interesting, and like the horrible um, clothing that they put on Wesley, like 
Yeah, season Why so do they season put these two. Weird on it? The season Why? two, the colors change, <laughs> and in season three, in season three, they get the little mock turtleneck things around their neck, um, and they get rid of the stripe and the um, and the zipper down the front. Ah, and that's what happens in season. So that and then like and then you can kind of track what season they're in by what they're by wearing? the length of Worf's hair. Oh, by Worf. by Worf's hair. <laughs> I just there's so many like. I feel like in that first episode, there's some really good writing. Like, there really is. Um, in, like, the way that the characters sort of test each other out and get to know each other. And, and like, a lot of them are meeting each other for the first time, so it makes sense. Um, and I think they take advantage of that whilst trying to, like, show these, you know, crazy new things we've got now that we're further ahead uh, in the Star Trek, well, and let me jump into let me jump jump on to one actor in particular in particular because I was again listening to the Buffy podcast. They talk a lot about um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and they've said that the, when you look at Sarah Michelle Gellar, the thing about um, SMG, as we're going to call her now, um, <laughs> uh, is that is that she has a really hard time pulling off normal. She's not a very good actress at normal. Um, and that she gets shit on a little bit as an actress for not being that good at doing normal, but she's brilliant at heightened situations. So she's brilliant at being tragic and she's brilliant at being hurt. No one can be hurt better than Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy. Like when that lip quivers, I am murdered inside. Like she can (laughs) kill you with a quiver of a lip and she's really funny. She can be sort of funny ditzy Buffy and she does that really well. But just being normal Buffy, she's nowhere near as strong as the actors who surround her. Um, uh, but she's really good at these other things. I think that, and I want to call it out here, Jonathan Frakes as Riker is not very good at um, heightened situations. So when he's called upon to do really hard Really, really hard. Like, like the episode where I think that he both shines and crashes is in, I think, the sixth season. It's called State of Mind, where he's like maybe insane and maybe he's oh, not. Oh, he's fucking and great he go, in that episode. No, he's fucking, great. He kills he's, that he's episode. Fucking great. He fucking kills it. But sometimes, but sometimes he just kind of overdoes it. There's also a, a mo- moments where he's trying to be funny where he's a little just a little too charming where he's like seems like he's phoning in a little so i want to call him out for being an amazing normal actor like whereas he cannot hit the highs and the lows of brent spiner and patrick stewart when they're called upon to do incredible work Jonathan Frakes cannot pull off incredible work the way those two actors can. But what he can do is he can make normal interesting at all times. And when he's just being your your first officer and he's not called upon to be incredible at any point in that first episode, he is fucking brilliant. He's fucking brilliant at just being your like standard first officer. I mean, I don't know what you mean by and, incredible, but I mean, he, I, I feel like he pulls it off. Like, I feel like there's, you know what the thing there's is, really he would great not be chemistry able to go. from the get go with him and, and, um, and Patrick Stewart. And he's like, I, I particularly love like the little injection of humor when they're talking. Um, and he's like talking about how he wouldn't let his captain beam down to wherever. And like, 
he's like, yes, sir, I would do it again. Like he's, he's like, I'm not fucking around. Right. And he's like, and he's basically like, well, I'm going to need you to make sure I don't make an ass of myself around children. Like, and he means that shit. And it's so funny. Well, and here's the thing, or I, and I'm going to, and I'm going to call it Patrick Stewart for not being the actor that he is today. He improves incredibly over Star Trek, Star Trek, the next generation. And why shouldn't he? He's a Shakespearean trained actor who has never had to do that much work over and over and over again, doing different things all the time. Um, I, I feel like Star Trek The Next Generation was acting school for him all over again, that he knew how to do Shakespearean. But by the end, he learned how to be truly, truly likable and human because I don't think that Patrick Stewart does that great a job at being normal in season one. Now, he learns how to do it very quickly. Um, but in season one, when he's the, this, the conversation he's having about being an ass around children, I think that 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 Jonathan Frakes is as good, if not better than he is in that scene. I mean, I think they're because both good I think in that, that scene, but they're both good. But here's the thing. Over the course of the show, Patrick Stewart learns how to just be like he stops saying words like splendid like that, that like the season seven. Uh, and I think that's the wonderful arc of Picard by the time you get to the end of season seven. The fact that he shows up at the poker game at the end of the show shows that he's finally become uh, he's finally become. What was that? What's going on? Did you walk out? Yeah, I couldn't take it anymore. Oh, no, no. But I no, think, I, that, think that, I feel that, like it's honestly that occurs to me more like a writing thing. Like, I, I definitely feel like there are some things that we see the the writing like where they're starting out in this first episode and that like later they kind of they've molded who this this group is together by the end. And I think that's different. Than, I guess I guess what I'm saying is I feel like Jonathan- it's like better somehow. Like I don't I don't see like it didn't occur to me that like Patrick Stewart like wasn't fucking all in. Like I feel like that's what makes the show go. Like he is all right? in, but like, here's with, the thing: I, without maybe him the being as awesome as he is, I'm just like some of the stuff. Like I'm clear, like especially in it being in HD, and you can sort of see that they're sets, and you can see, you know, it's it's warts, so to speak, right? Like because it's so crisp. Um, I really think that you absolutely like the commitment needs to be there because it's so. It would be so easy for it to be cheesy. So I'm going to come right out. I'm going to come right out and say this. I don't think that Patrick Stewart is as committed as the rest of the cast in season one. No way. And maybe, and maybe that's my meta knowledge of what Patrick Stewart is going through in season one. Maybe that's what I'm seeing. And maybe it's because I know that he is not the actor he's going to be by season seven. And if he were, how dare he be? He's not going to be one of the greatest. He's not going to be, you know, you know who he's not in season one. He is not Sir Patrick Stewart in season one. He doesn't get to be Sir Patrick Stewart until he does all of the all of Next Generation and then more. And he gets better and better and better and better. This man, this man is not only a great actor, but he improves constantly. And and so I am confident in saying he is not as good an actor in season one as he is by season seven. I think that he would be insulted to get to the end of the run of the Next Generation and go, you have not improved in any way. I think that he would say no. Yes, I'm I sure have. that he ha- not, but, the- but I guess what I'm saying is I feel like you're already starting at like a winning bar, right? Yes, you just- are. Of course, you don't get cast as the star of Star Trek The Next Generation unless you can fucking pull off being in command. That's clear. But the meta knowledge. So here, 
if any of you are serious XM subscribers right now and you are listeners to the Howard Stern show um, and you can go into Howard Stern on demand. Um, Howard Stern does like an hour and a half interview with Patrick Stewart um, and he talks about stuff we all saw in the captains and stuff, but he really gets into like his life and what it was like growing up and blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that he said over and over and over again is that he did not expect this show to go anywhere. He did it for the fucking money. Yeah. He did it. He did it for the money. He is not all in for for Captain Picard. He's doing what Patrick Stewart can do. I can be commanding and this is what I can do. And I'm not that into it at this point. By the end of seven seasons, he's fucking in like he is. He is. I guess maybe maybe it's just he's a consummate professional then. Like because I don't I never got the feeling from him despite that meta knowledge like i know he never thought it was going to go anywhere but i never i never felt from this very first episode i never felt like he was like i'm just here for the paycheck no like, i mean the thing is you can be, i don't and maybe he's just not capable that. Look, of that man. right like maybe or maybe you know, his good, dad good, is so much better good, than somebody a, else's a good uh carpenter though a good carpenter is in it for the paycheck but they're a good carpenter. They're gonna do good work, and he's doing good. That's work. what I'm saying. But by season, but by season seven, his heart is in it, and there's diff- There's a difference there. And also, like knowing where he was with the cast, he didn't like the cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation in season one. Like he thought that they were too funny and too American, and they weren't professional enough. And he ca- he often caught like like um, credits them with giving him his sense of humor that he walked into it with no sense of humor huh. that I'm a professional. I'm coming in. I'm doing my job. This is what I'm doing. This very serious situation. This is what I, you know, that, and that's how he walked in and he walked out with his entire personality changed to the point where he could now, you know, later on in life, dress up in a lobster suit and be photographed and put on the internet, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and his personality has changed and these people become his dearest lifelong friends. Right. And that is and, and, and I see that in season seven Picard. Season season seven, seven Picard is gentler than than this guy that you meet. And I guess what I'm saying is that that I don't think that Patrick Stewart was ever called upon at this point in his career ever to just be a normal guy. To just be a guy. And and I think in that in the conversation where he's talking about making an ass of himself in front of children, mm-hmm. he's being called upon to be a guy. And he's doing his best. But I think that Jonathan Frakes is so natural in that scene. I think that Captain Picard is actually the one who seems a little more awkward in that scene. Now, by season seven, and I, I'll tell you what I'm picturing in well, my He's mind. supposed to be awkward in that scene, though, dude. Like, he's like... Sure. Think about it. You're the captain of a ship. And, like, you've got to basically admit a weakness, right? And, like, I think... That that and, and a weakness that you don't even think should be a weakness. Like I'm not a fucking babysitter. Like, but there's children on this fucking thing, and I've got to deal with that. Like, I feel like the awkwardness is meant to be there, personally. Like that's just how it reads to me. So like it didn't come across to me anyway as like awkwardness from Patrick Stewart's perspective of doing the the role, but like awkwardness that like makes sense there. But that's just me. You know what it might be? You know what it truly might be? Is that um, I'm used to... Yeah, I don't... I Season one is the season I watch the least. And season two is the season I watch the second least. 
Um, it's interesting to note that season two happened during a writer strike. Um, so you're getting a lot of spec scripts in season two. I don't know if that's interesting to know, but it's true. That's why you have such a wild um, range between utter crap and brilliant things like Measure of a Man in season two of The Next Generation. And I think that 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 um, I compare those two seasons as ones I don't watch as much very much with with the comfort that everybody finds themselves in by season seven and the thing is season seven next generation is often accused of as not being that great a season because the plot wise the show is already getting a little tired it's getting seven seasons and it's like okay i guess everybody turns into prehistoric prehistoric versions of themselves why the fuck not ah but everybody's (laughs) so comfortable in their role everyone's so comfortable in their roles by then the performances in particular i compare to season seven which those people i feel like i know and love and i feel like i'm just getting to know them in season one and two um and i feel like they're getting to know themselves but again i've so it's so hard for me to separate the fucking meta knowledge out for me i just i feel like you're getting to know like that's part of the process right like with everybody's on this same journey like they're getting to know each other and we're getting to know them and and like coming together as a cohesive crew and i dig that and I feel like you see well, that happen. Look, my fucking point is that is that Jonathan Frakes is great in the scene, okay? Okay, fine. And, that, I, and, that, and I'm not debating this shit with you, motherfucker. <laughs> I said it first. I said that he was fucking awesome. Like y'all the one that's all like hating on peace dude. Shit. No, I know I don't I don't hate on it. Look, I will say that 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 they test his limits in in Star Trek the Next Generation, and sometimes they find his limits. But they also find what he's really, really good at. Like, here's the, here's the thing. Jordy LaForge very rarely is any different than any other time that Jordy LaForge ever is. And that's not all that different from LeVar Burton on Reading Rainbow. He sort of doesn't change and grow that much. But everyone else, I feel like, grows and changes to the point where season one is rough for me. But you know what I think? You know what I think, Alexia? What? I think we're gonna pin it. I, I think we're gonna put a pin in it right here. I think what we're gonna do is something we very rarely do, folks. If you've enjoyed this conversation, you're gonna have to fucking wait because I'm gonna press pause, and we're gonna have to like finish this up next week. We're gonna have to do that. That's gonna be what we have to do, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're sitting at bated breath to hear. So here's what's going to come up for you next week. Next week on Trek Off, we're going to talk about uh, the episodes in particular that we watched of Star Trek The Next Generation and the things that we've really enjoyed in the HD uh, thing. I also have a bunch of Star Wars news that I want to talk about. There's a ton going on. But for right now, if you've enjoyed this show, listen, do us a favor. Go on Trek Off uh, onto iTunes and, and, and look us up on Trek Off and, and give us a, a five-star rating. Is that's what we really need? Five star ratings. Um, uh, go and if you haven't already, please go check out uh, Ninjas versus Monsters on Amazon Prime. Did you know we're on Amazon Prime, Alexia? Uh, yeah, I did know that, and I checked us out on it and everything. Yeah, yeah and you know what? Leave a rating there too, even if I you did. don't really watch it. <laughs> like, like if you like the movie. Give us a five-star rating. If you don't like the movie, just put it on in the background while you're cleaning your house. What Amazon does is they they like log how many people like watch the movie, and then we get paid based on that. So just watch it. Just put it on. Watch it like a hundred times. Like just set it on repeat, and just do other shit. 
<laughs> just do other Please. shit. Just have that in the background. That'll be like Listen, comforting. It's really good. <laughs> um, I may or may not, just for you guys, because I'm I'm not I, I'm going to commit to this at the end of the next episode, not this episode. If you listen to the next episode of Trek Off, you may or may not hear an original rap song by Justin Tim Payne. Do you want do you, not this episode? Do you think next episode should I, I should play it for him? Um, I think that would be cool for them. I think they would super enjoy it. Next episode, man. Tune in next week to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. Trek Off! Trek Off, bitches! So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek Off to put in my ear hole, to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek Off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and trek off.